autistic people with quality of life and opportunity. You're listening to the Autism CRC podcast. This is the Autism at Work speaker series featuring pre-recorded audio captured during the live Autism at Work virtual summit event held in March 2023. Hear from over 40 local and international speakers, panelists and presenters, including neurodivergent employees and employers, as they discuss the important topics affecting autistic people at work. You can also watch this series on the Autism CRC YouTube channel. Well, welcome back. Thank you very much. Um, we've now got a recorded session. Uh, it's, the title is um, Higher Education Thought Leadership. And this is um, a presentation by a number of individuals at universities in Ireland um, and the work that they've been doing uh, over the last few years on driving neurodiversity uh, at the universities and driving thought leadership um, around the world in various areas such as um, mental health and uh, neurodiversity in the legal system. Uh, I've been working with them for a couple of years now on this and uh, this video gives a summary of the work that they've completed which I think you'll find very interesting. Hi there, my name is Ken Kilbride and I'm the CEO of ADHD Ireland and thank you for coming along to this session today at, for, at the Autism at Work conference. We really appreciate your interest um, and very importantly your time. In framing this session we've taken on board the conference team of Building Capability and indeed over the next 30 minutes or so we hope to show you how we built this partnership and how it delivers a wide range of activities across the area of neurodiversity. Um, as an outline of this partnership, it's made up of different organizations from all around the world with different organization structures, such as my own organization, ADHD Ireland, which is a small charity, uh, and we employ about five people, to the University College Dublin, or simply better known as UCD, which has around 35,000 students. Organizations in this partnership also include the University of Ireland Maynooth, um, and Dr. Ethan Quigley is their representative on this group, um, who fortunately can't be here today, but does extend her apologies. Charlotte Valour represents IAM, which is the Institute of Neurodiversity. From University, or sorry, UCD, we have Blonnet Gavin, Timmy Frawley, and Becky Kenny, and someone I'm sure you all know very well already, um, Andrew Eddy from Untapped. As ADHDI is one of the smaller organizations in this partnership, I've been given the privilege of going first. For us, we represent those with ADHD, um, and we work with all those that work with people with ADHD. Indeed, our mission statement is to make life better for all those affected by ADHD. So as our team is small um, and the remit and the task is rather large, um, we have adopted the strategic view um, of working in partnerships with organizations. Um, and that also does something else very important for us, which is add credibility to our activities. And we'll talk about it a little bit in a second. And so for us, it gives us a wonderful sense of opportunity uh, to be involved in a project like this, because simply for a scale, in terms of an organization like ADHR, we would simply never be able to deliver these, let alone get them off the ground. So for us, it's a huge opportunity to extend our remit and our mission by being involved in a partnership such as this. Um, and let's say the credibility that this partnership has given has also uh, worked very well for us. Um, and within that, you know, we've been able to extend that partnership with UCD and we've been able to deliver a whole range of other activities. And um, we'll talk more about the range of activities delivered through this partnership later. But, you know, we've also been able to work with uh, other departments in UCD because of the credibility that this group has given us. Uh, so, for instance, very recently uh, with the Minister for Mental Health here in Ireland, uh, we would have launched an app for adults with ADHD. So this was designed and delivered by UCD uh, with the HSE, which is the Health Service Executive, uh, which is the Public Health Service in Ireland. Uh, to date, we've had over 5,000 downloads. 
Uh, but the big thing about that app was um, we were able to use students from UCD to help design it. Um, and as part of that, you know, we used the concept of nothing for us without us. And so again, at three points within that process, we were able to go out to people with ADHD to design the app, uh, to review the app, and, and to finally get it published. Uh, we've also developed something called UMAP, which is the Understanding and Managing um, Adult ADHD program. Uh, so that's basically a workshop program for adults with ADHD, which allows them to self-manage it as well. Uh, we've also been able to do lots of other initiatives there as well, um, such as, you know, we're involved with, in a project uh, that's scoping out the supports for all students uh, with ADHD across Ireland. Um, and as part of that, we're doing a survey. And I know um, uh, Timmy will talk a little bit later about the survey that's been done within UCD uh, as part of that activity becoming a neuro-friendly um, organisation. And they say over the past number of years, this group has been involved in delivering um, online conferences with world leading speakers. Uh, we've also delivered um, a monthly series, what we call our masterclass, and Beth was going to talk a little bit about that later. Um, and again, for that, we will, you know, uh, source recruit, and we've had absolutely no challenges whatsoever in getting thought leaders from around the world to get engaged in that process. Um, but again, we've also, as I say, through that partnership, we've been active in delivering, sorry, the partnership rather than saying just myself, um, has been active in delivering other things uh, such as, you know, um, working to ensure UCD as a university becomes one of the first universities to become a neuro-friendly campus. And um, we've also been working on other things around that in terms of developing a module and certificate um, for neurodiversity. So again, it's a huge wide range of activities that this partnership has been delivering. Um, and we hope to explain that to you over the next uh, 30 minutes or so. So within that, you know, where we'd like to go to our first contributor um, and that is um, um, Andrew Eddy. And um, so Andrew, just before we maybe uh, you talk about the work that you've been doing with the partnership, and um, I say the, the, the theme for this conference is uh, building capability for employees and employers. Um, and I know your organization on TAPS worked in that area. So um, could you maybe just give us a bit of context of the area that you work in? And then if you can tell us about your work with the partnership. Yeah, thanks, Ken. Uh, yes, yeah, so we work with organizations um, that, uh, organizations that understand the power of diversity, the importance of diversity, but maybe haven't done anything in the area of neurodiversity. So they've looked at gender and ethnicity and culture and so on. Um, but a new area that they're now looking at as another source of different thinking is neurodiversity. So we work with them and assist them on that journey to um, really take the business forward and unlock that uh, untapped potential um, of neurodivergent individuals. Um, so my first contact with the team at UCD was back in July 2020. Um, when I met with all the, the team here, um, they told me they were keen to promote discussion and activity around neurodiversity in the university and asked if I could organize an international conference to drive interest. Uh, my response was that I didn't have the resources to do that, but I would be happy to work with them to organize something. So we started with the idea of a half day virtual conference and we set about identifying potential speakers. However, there was a lot of interest amongst the people we contacted. And so we ended up with enough speakers and panelists to fill two days. The conference was called Neurodiversity, a paradigm shift in higher education and employment. And it ran on the 3rd and 4th of December, 2020. The aim of the conference was to start a strength-based conversation about neurodiversity in third level institutions and amongst employers. The sessions included speakers from Ireland, the UK, USA, Australia, Italy, and the Netherlands. 
including Judy Singer talking about the fundamentals of the neurodiversity concept, Dr. Damien Milton about the problems of double empathy, Beth Radulski and her lived experience at university as a student and then as a PhD candidate, Professor Sarah Rankin around supporting staff and students, Quona Rankin on supporting neurodivergent postgraduate art and design students, Dr. Mary Rose Sweeney on creating an autism friendly campus, Laurie Ackles and the Spectrum Support Program at Rochester Institute of Technology in the US, Professor Lawrence Fung and the Stanford Neurodiversity Project, Dr. Simon Bury from La Trobe University on mental health, Peter Matthews on the Be Your Best Academy Life Skills Training, Irene Talento from the University of Rome on inclusive built environments, Professor Suzanne Bruyere from Cornell University on neuroinclusive workplaces, Nancy Doyle from Genius Within on intersectional inclusion, Marcia Shiner and the Integrated Advisors Employer Connect program, Charlene Chang on neurodiversity and entrepreneurship, and sessions on assistive technologies. It was amazing team effort and it was completely with no funding and just utilizing the university Zoom license and just a heap of effort from all involved. The conference had over 500 registrations, which at the time really amazed us. Um, recordings of the majority of the sessions remain available on the UCD website. Uh, so I'll now pass back to you, Ken. Thank you. Oh, thanks for that. Um, obviously, just, I mean, I say it was one of the points I would have made there myself, said, yeah. um, you know, the, the, the conference, not saying mushroomed is the wrong way of putting it, but um, in terms of, you know, the interest, you know, there was a huge appetite and interest there for the conference. Um, just in terms of your own work experience, you know, um, and, you know, the, the uh, theme of the conference here today being building capability for employers and employees. Um, has things got better for people with neurodiversity in the workplace over the last number of years? Um, I don't think so yet. I think there is, we're on the journey. Um, I think we've got um, some awakening interest and awareness happening, but I think we've got a long way to go. There's okay. just a long way to go to realise that um, both, this is not about, neurodivergent individuals changing and fitting in. This is about um, the whole workplace changing and becoming uh, a more inclusive place. Okay, well, thanks very much. And, and just a quick reminder that, you know, you. Um, and I know it was a very impressive list of speakers that you, you, you read out there. Um, and all those videos are available and uh, um, we'll maybe just give the, the uh, link for that a little bit later. Um, so we're gonna have a chat now with uh, Timmy. So good, uh, Timmy, how are you? Welcome. Um, in terms of one of the practical things we talked about there in terms of on the ground initiatives and um, one of the things we know that we have been working on was you know uh, a program to assist ucd to become a neurodiversity friendly campus um, and then there was a module for and a certificate for neurodiversity around that uh, but one of the big impressive things and we've been talking about partnership here today um, and we can sort of give you the credit for the vast majority of this is that there's a huge range of stakeholders not in, uh, only in ucd that are involved in this uh, but you've been managed to bring in stakeholders from out outside UC to get this project up and running. So could you maybe just tell us a bit about the project and um, how you brought everybody together on this? Sure, sure. And of, of course, uh, the project wouldn't be possible without an, a number of, of key contributions, including uh, the, the people within this core group. But we also established with the Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Unit uh, a neurodiversity working group across the entire university was established 
led led by actually Dr. Planet Gavin, who's who's here on the panel. And through the university working group, we were able to leverage that and engage with a wider uh, group in society. So a number of organizations, including ADHD Ireland, the Dyslexia Association of Ireland, and a number of other non-governmental organizations are contributing and uh, I guess not, not, not just involved, but are actually participating in the design of the work. So I think involving uh, representative organizations has been really important, but also in terms of the project, the making University College Dublin UCD, making UCD a neurodiversity friendly campus, we have been able to engage with uh, a number of students, uh, both past and present, uh, who identify as neurodivergent. Uh, so by dint of that, we've been able to really inform uh, the design and conceptualization of, of the work. Uh, and of course, there's, there's, there's actually a number of organizations, I, I've, I've mentioned just, just, just a couple uh, who are um, engaged in this. But with the support of the Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Unit in UCD, we were able to apply for university seed funding. And this seed funding has enabled us to employ a research assistant, which has proven very useful in, in driving forward the uh, project. Uh, so what is the project? Uh, specifically, uh, we have a scoping review, which is seeking to look at current evidence uh, in terms of what interventions work in a university campus, uh, what are the attitudes and perspectives of people towards neurodiversity. And I think importantly, we're looking at both the experience of staff and students, uh, because of course, universities are major employers. Uh, and I know Andrew just spoke about the, the journey that we're all on in terms of employment. So. The student experience is, is, is key and is central, uh, but also, of course, staff uh, needs to be looked at as well. So we've undertaken a, a university-wide survey and we, we have our uh, data collected now. We're just beginning to analyze those responses. So we feel there's going to be a lot of very useful data and very useful insights flowing forward from that. We also are undertaking interviews uh, with uh, staff and students to get their qualitative perspectives on what's working, what can be improved. Uh, so, so there is an element of a strengths-based approach there. We're also trying to look at where the, the gaps, if you will, but where are the opportunities to, to build on uh, any of the good work that's happening. We're also intending to undertake a sensory audit of the campus, uh, both the physical campus, but also the virtual environment, because as we learned during the COVID-19 pandemic, the virtual world is, 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 is key uh, there within that as well. Uh, but of course, we've been looking at the NICE guidelines and looking at a number of different sources uh, as to how the campus, the built environment, uh, can have a big impact on people as well. Uh, so what's really uh, enthusing us about the project, I think, is the fact that we're looking at all aspects of neurodifference. We're looking at um, and I, I don't want to list different experiences per se, but uh, sometimes uh, a number of areas are, aren't always uh, thought of as much maybe as others. So I think that's that's good that we're able to elicit views and perspectives in that regard as well. 
so um, that's just a little bit on the project, uh, Ken. Uh, I, I could tell you a little bit about the the certificate and diploma as well. Yeah, please. But um, just to just say one thing, you know, we had a meeting very recently on the neurodiversity friendly campus, and I'm not just saying it just for myself, but I was really impressed with the numbers that took part in the survey. Yes, I mean, <laughs> excuse me. We we've had well over a thousand re responses, and um, in 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 an era where uh, survey responses are 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 typically uh, lower than what they might have been in 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 the past. Uh, we're very pleased with this, mm. and it is going to provide us with a rich insight. Um, and certainly, we've been we've been really I won't say overwhelmed, but we have been heartened. We've been heartened by the number of people coming forward, uh, wanting to contribute and wanting to engage, uh, both as participants and sharing their perspectives, but also, as you say, a, a number of uh, charities external to the university, but also university departments from estates all the way through to access all the way through to uh, various academic departments uh, that that one mightn't think of initially but there's a whole host of people coming forward to support this work and I think it is part of a wider um, inclusion uh, and an ethos of inclusion uh, which we're seeing in universities and society now but I think uh, neurodiversity and neurodifference is an area which perhaps hasn't been to the fore of the conversation, but I have a feeling and a, uh, and a viewpoint that this is changing now and, and uh, neurodifference and neurodiversity is definitely part of the conversation. Oh, dear, thanks for that. Um, and I say you just you were just mentioning there before I jumped in uh, about the uh, certificate and diploma. Yes, yes. And <clears throat> I mean, Credit must go to to Blonid, uh, uh, for, for 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 this, um, but a number of people have been involved, including myself. We we've been very fortunate to have many excellent contributors, including Charlotte, who is speaking uh, on a workshop day next week. Um, I, I know Andrew has contributed. Ken, you've contributed, um, uh, and I, one of the things about neurodiversity is that. We want to arrive at a situation where people, uh, whether they're working or not working, but in particular, various professional groups, it could be early childhood care and education, it could be my own area, the mental health services, it could be the wider health services, um, from occupational therapy through to speech and language therapy, through to public health medicine. All of these areas are areas that everyone in society we all come into contact with, we all engage with and interact with. Unfortunately, um, there hasn't been enough awareness and knowledge and understanding of the particular uh, needs uh, of uh, people who are neurodifferent, people who identify as neurodivergent. So raising awareness and understanding is, is key. Uh, and the course seeks to do just that. We have a module understanding neurodiversity. We also have a module neurodiversity in society. So of course, the underpinning philosophy is that of uh, ability and looking at how society uh, can adjust, how society needs to change in order to be inclusive. Um, but equally as part of that, uh, I guess, raising the profile 
uh, of, of, of neurodifference, raising the profile of neuro, neuro uh, diversity and, and looking at key areas such as relationships, uh, social and societal debates, uh, looking at uh, the work of people like Damien Milton, uh, looking at uh, legal frameworks, uh, looking at intersectionality, with gender being a particular topic, I know that's something we were looking at, at just this week. Um, so all of these areas, I think, need to be unpacked, and we need to arrive at a situation where, and the course isn't just for professionals, I really want to emphasize this, but I know coming from a mental health service background myself, uh, as a clinician, I would have benefited from more understanding and more knowledge. So this is what we want to do. We want to spread that word. We want to spread that information so that when people are interacting with various services and supports, uh, the people that they're meeting with will have that awareness and understanding. Well, thanks very much, Timmy, for giving us a great outline of that, you know, in terms of the, the practical um, initiatives that have come out of this partnership uh, that are now being delivered, particularly through UCD. Um, so, uh, Charles, how are you? And uh, you're going to tell us about the conferences for conferences two and three. Or maybe before yes. we actually do that, um, I have to admit, I admit I, I'm intrigued by the, the, uh, the name um, Institute of Neurodiversity. So you can tell us a little bit about that first. Thank you. Well, it really came. So I'm autistic and have ADHD and um, went very public with it some years ago. And with a handful of other neurodivergent people, we felt that there isn't enough um, places where we can come together as a community. There hasn't really been enough focus on that. So we started the Institute of Neurodiversity to bring a million neurodivergent people and our allies together before the end of 2025, and they in a hundred different countries. So we have quite a lofty ambition. Um, we have 10,000 people by now. We are opening up 18 countries, and that's a little over a year after we have launched. So, so I think we're doing okay on that. With that, we were delighted to have conversations that started uh, with Planet and, and Andrew uh, to to come into this partnership and you all welcomed us in which we were were super happy with to to be able to also draw on on the research and all the pieces the master classes everything was exactly the part of what an institute should have as well uh, so that's feeding in and leading for for what we call our rdpu or research professional development unit uh, as a significantly important step so so this was a this was great so we are working ahead um, it's very much sort of by neurodivergent people, for neurodivergent people, uh, with our allies being great supporters. So with this, the conferences, as we talked about um, for last year, was neurodiversity and the legal system and, and working sort of towards equality for all. And that was a really important uh, subject for, for us, uh, both like employment law, for example, how we protect it at work when something goes wrong. And a lot, a lot goes wrong, unfortunately, with a, with a lot of us, uh, because we're misunderstood generally in society and also at work. So really, to build to build our capabilities, needed our voice to be a key part. We we really, just like other minority groups, we really don't want non-minority people talking about our experience. We want to have our voice in there ourselves. So the conference uh, talking about. Um, the legal system was a really important one, we felt. And the objective was really to facilitate an exchange of, of sort of cutting edge academic discourse, policy and practice initiatives, and then adding this lived experience uh, at the core of it. 
Um, and that's what we try to do with, with, with everything. And this partnership is really helping us to, to have this collaboration across different, uh, different opportunities. Um, and we really, really appreciate that. So that was a great, uh, great event with uh, over two days with a number of, of high level speakers, great subjects for discussion. And, and again, we have most of them videoed and are available on the UCD website um, to, you know, to, uh, to look at, at people's leisure. And thanks for that. Just very quickly, just for yourself, much the same question we were putting to Andrew there, uh, Andrew earlier. Uh, do you feel things are getting better for people with neurodiverse conditions? I think it's getting more transparent. I think we still need the next step. So we are still, unfortunately, at the awareness step and we're looking towards acceptance and, and more, more, much more inclusion. For example, we have a lot of um, employment um, sort of uh, initiatives in different workplaces, which are great, uh, often specifically for autistic people. But if they haven't already dealt with the autistic people they have within the organization, then it's not really so helpful for new employments to come in. I mean, diversity without inclusion really is an illusion, right? And we're not going to really survive in the businesses that are not also already working within the people they have. Most businesses can be absolutely sure they have at least 20% neurodivergent people within their employment group. And they need to really work, have employment resource groups and all these kinds of things to, under, you know, to underpin what we do to help us bring the utmost of our capabilities to the, to the table. And I think that's the one thing that's missing a bit. So don't just have <laughs> autistic employment programs make sure that you have a space for them to come into or for us to come into once we get hired in, in that sense. So yes and no is the answer to that, a bit like well, what Andrew said. Again, probably people can't see my uh, banner behind me, but um, it now says uh, support, education and acceptance. Uh, that's a recent change we made from support, um, education and awareness. Uh, we would see ourselves moving towards acceptance as well. Yeah. Uh, but, but thanks to yourself and Andrew there having a little chat about the conferences. Um, and one of the challenges, you know, you do have conferences, you go, look, oh, great, we've done the conference. We've had these world leading speakers. Um, what do we do with all this materials? What do we do with next? We're lucky we have Beth. And um, so again, I'd have to say, you know, I've been doing other conferences, but you know, um, Beth is wonderful. Um, it's very simple, you know, Beth will tell us, you know, when we need to turn up, what we need to do, and everything's organized. It's absolutely wonderful. Uh, we simply couldn't do much without having Beth. Uh, but one of the things we have been doing, you know, and another initiative we have developed out of this is the Masterclass series. And we had one yesterday, Beth, so could you tell us a bit more? Uh, yes, well, thank you, Ken, for those very kind words. And uh, it's nice of you to say that, but everything absolutely is a team effort and nothing could happen without anybody uh, on the call. So um, it's important to say that. So the Masterclass series, so they run um, on the fourth Thursday of every month, and they've been running since February uh, 2021. And they initially started, they, they developed on from the first conference that we did in 2020. And we had a lot of speakers uh, at that conference as Andrew outlined, and we really wanted to kind of create a space to kind of have a deeper dive into some of those, some of that content, some of those conversations. So to, to allow, um, to, to give an hour, a block of an hour's time to allow people to present and then to facilitate a, a Q&A with the audience, which, um, which just wasn't possible in the time limits of the conference. So it was just to kind of, to, to open out the conversation and, um, I think the important thing about the masterclass as well as creating that, as well as having those conversations once a month, is that we wanted to provide uh, a resource and a kind of bank of, um, 
of information of knowledge that people could re revert back to so it's important for us to kind of continue with the online uh, we kind of started doing everything online I think because of the, the pandemic and, and we had to but um, I think we've decided um, that, that it's good to keep everything online, even though we could mix to move to kind of an in-person or a hybrid model, because it really opens out your audience. And it means then that we could, everything is online, we can record it and we can make it available on the website. So it's there for people to go back to um, at any time. Uh, if, if people want to, if people aren't available at the time or if they want to go back and look at something again. So, um, we do have so we the masterclass has reached thousands of people on a live um on the live basis but we also we we, we literally have had thousands of people watching back um the videos um uh, uh, that are available on the website we have uh, fantastic reviews of that from our members they all love it there's so many of them that are just continuously using them so this is a significant addition to to getting awareness out there so yeah yeah. And online is great because that's the way we can do it publicly and 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 globally, right? Yeah, it makes it accessible and it makes it, you yeah. know, obviously even much wider reach. So, um, so it's it's really important to continue with that. I think. So just we were just saying there, Beth. Um, all those resources are currently online. Would you be able to give it just uh, if someone's looking to find them, how you search for them, or what's the? Uh, I think the address? easy. I think the easiest thing to do is if people just Google um, ION. RDPU, which is Institute of Neurodiversity Research Development Unit, or something close to that. Um, then you'll get a link to our Eventbrite page. And within that, th there's links to register to upcoming events. And also um, you get a link to the, the, the videos that are online as well. So just again, it's ION or DU. RDPU. Oh, okay, excuse me, RDPU. Um, yeah. And if someone was looking at this talk today and said, um, I'd love to have a chat with these guys, um, how would they get in contact with us? Uh, you, you can email uh, chas at ucd.ie, that's C-H-A-S at ucd.ie, and um, I will be on the end of that email address, happy to take any queries, yeah. So C-H-A-S at ucd.ie for more yeah. information. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of the project, um, I have to say, um, I was doing it, um, this was pre-COVID, um, and I was doing a talk, and I was talking about, you know, uh, the, the beginning of this, um, and I said, Blonde Gavin had contacted me. Um, I said, I didn't have ADHD, but it took me all of uh, two and a half seconds to go, yes, we need to be involved in this. Um, if you were to take the analogy that this is a, a bicycle um, and we're all spokes on that bike, um, in the middle of that hub is Blonde Gavin. Um, so I'd have to say, you know, Blonde has recruited us all and Blonde came up with the idea and I'm not saying driving force, because as Ben was saying, you know, we all work on it, but you know, uh, one of the constants there in terms of getting things up and running uh, has been Blonde. So um, how are you, Blonde? Could you maybe give us your view of how it, it's been going and what's the concept behind it all? Um, thanks, Ken. Um, yeah, I'd be delighted to, to, to give my, uh, my, my, my tuppence worth and thanks for the, the kind words. Um, so in essence, I think what's behind it all is um, a really, really authentic um, desire to um, reach out and spread the word in terms of neurodiversity. And if you were to ask me what has made this work, it's the authenticity of the um, concept 
and uh, the group of people involved. And um, I couldn't emphasize strongly enough and anybody um, I think out there interested that it's just such a brilliant group of people. And that has been my experience across the world um, the, the, the whole time with, with this process that anyone that I've had the good fortune to, to meet and Andrew has been exceptional in his generosity in terms of um, introducing us and helping us to reach out. And I, I think that spirit um, behind the whole um, movement is, is really what, what underpins it and sustains it. Um, so we've had opportunities. And as, as, as Beth mentioned there, the, the one of the silver linings, and I know there weren't many of COVID, was the whole uh, opening up of the, of, the, of the world for us in this virtual format. And I think, we're, you know, our, it, it was just really timely. It was just one of those things that uh, happened at the, at the right time in terms of what, what we were trying to do. And um, people were just so welcoming, wanting to come on board, as everybody has mentioned there, with the various initiatives, talks, generous with their time, their ideas um, and, and their experiences. And I think that's what has been um, the, the driving force in, in, in terms of us exceeding our own individual capacities and um, probably being more than the, the, the sum of its parts as, a, as an entity. Um, so that's that's how I'd see it. And I would very much say um, to that onwards and upwards. So anybody out there that wants to join, be a part or um, help us, because again, as, as many of the, the panel have said, with the start of the journey, we're learning um, we don't get it all right, but we're 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 very very happy to have um, as many people as possible on board with us. So that's my 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 sense of things. So thanks to everybody. Uh, I have to say I echo everything you would say there, and I have to say just uh, one thing I did note over the last couple of years, particularly working with Andrew, is that you know when we have been talking about building the partnership and talking with anybody, oh Andrew always goes, oh yeah, I have them in my black book already. I'll chat them for you. Um, just in terms of sticking on time today, uh, we need to do wrap up in the next few minutes. Uh, so just before we do so, I just want to see if any of our contributors here would have any final comments they'd like to bring to the table. Could I just finally just mention about the journal that has come about from this from this group, really, um, with Sage Publishing, uh, that, that Blanat had already started working on certainly before we, we came to the table. And that's now coming out here within the next three months as, and launched. And we've done a lot of work on editorial board and editors and, it, and with having a 50-50 neurodivergent, non-neurodivergent, uh, you know, editorial board and input of research. So, so that's uh, something to keep an eye out for. And of course, our next conference uh, about mental health and neurodiversity, which is the 25th, 26th of May, should also be great. Okay, we say that as I say, we as I say we've done a lot, but lots more on the way as well. So, I um, appreciate that. So, thank you very much, Charlotte, and thank you very much for everybody for coming along today. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. As I say, just to very quickly wrap up, uh, just to say that you know we've acknowledged the conference team being building capability for employees and employees. Um, I'd like to think, and I'd like to hope over the last you know thirty odd minutes or so, we have shown you a very practical example of doing that and building that capability. So, I have to say, you know, we've done it. Hope you can do it too. And thank you very much for your attention. The 2023 Autism at Work Virtual Summit was proudly sponsored by DXC Technologies, GHD Engineering, La Trobe University, Untapped Group, ANZ and SAP. Autism CRC is the independent national source of evidence for best practice. 
For more information on Autism CRC or the Autism at Work Virtual Summit, head to our website autismcrc.com.au.